Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about direct response marketing, how you can increase results, sales, and many other things that uh, you can get by using the correct way this type of marketing and i'm so excited to discuss this topic with Rick Cesari. how are you i am doing great and thank you for having me on your show today i'm really looking forward to it yeah big pleasure big pleasure i want to learn more about that so before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you have so many books on your background well i'll try to condense it into a short time but i'm i'm pretty old so i have a lot of experiences but um anyway um i've been doing direct response marketing for over 30 years or direct to consumer marketing. And I got started back before there was an internet and um, we were using newspaper ads to generate um, uh, people to come to seminars. And then I started using uh, uh, television and, and uh, direct response television and infomercials and um, got started in that at the very beginning of when they were popular. And um you know, I um, ha I had I used them to create my own business called the the uh, Trillium Health Products, and we marketed a product called the Juice Man Juicer and the Bread Man Bread Machine. And we were, you know, pretty lucky. We we're in the right place at the right time with the right message. And that that business grew to about seventy five million in sales in about four years. And um, this was back in nineteen ninety three. And we sold it at that time to Salt in a company in Chicago called Salton Housewares. Um, Salton uh, liked the way that I was doing the marketing and asked if I could help him with a product. And that product turned out to be the George Foreman Grill. So we did all of the um, infomercials for the George Foreman Grill. And then after that, people just started coming to me and asking me to help them do their marketing. So I started an agency. Uh, this was about in 1996. And I ended up uh, doing the, uh, a lot of the original OxyClean infomercials and TV advertising. Um, Sonicare, uh, Clarisonic, um, trying to think what else. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, I've done lots and lots of projects, but then um, we ended up doing all the television marketing for the GoPro camera. And they grew from zero to about a billion dollars in sales in about eight years. So it was a very successful project. Then about four years ago, I, I wound down the agency and now I just do, I've been writing books and uh, doing podcasts like this and, and speaking. And um, I do a little bit of consulting, you know, direct to consumer consulting now as well with uh, companies or products that I like. So that kind of is a, is a little summary of, of my background in history. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice experience, nice journey. I love it. And uh, guys, you can find the link to the podcast in the description below. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to subscribe, so I recommend 100% to subscribe. And uh, let's talk about uh, direct marketing. Uh, can you tell where to start? For example, you know, I, I, I get a lot of companies who need uh, SEO, but they often ask me different ways how to get traffic and sales so any insights if uh, some companies start from scratch how to create the right strategy and uh, provide implementation yeah um you know my whole background and what i still use effectively with um companies today kind of uh 
falls into a main category. So I kind of look at the advertising they're doing and a lot of companies don't understand the concept of what direct response marketing is. And uh-huh. direct response really is that you're you have an you're making an advertisement, but you're also then making an offer or uh, basically telling the viewer whether it's an online ad or a TV ad or whatever. You're telling them to take a specific action, and I found that this has been a powerful format um, for companies to generate traffic. So the difference is if I'm working with a client and they might be running Facebook ads or whatever, I'll come in and maybe just change the creative a little to make the ads more of a direct response nature and drive it, it helps drive more traffic to the website. Um, you know, when I started in my career, I mentioned some of the big projects I worked on, you know, television used to be the way we launch products, but now uh, we do everything online um, using paid ads. And then once we have successful online success, kind of phase two is is layering in some TV. And we're doing it right now with a, a product, a company called Dormeo that sells um, mattresses and mattress toppers. And it's an old European brand, about 25 years old. Um, but they they're, they started a direct-to-consumer business in the U.S. And we used Facebook ads originally for them to grow very quickly. Um, and then uh, now we're using both a combination of Facebook and TV um, direct response TV, and they're seeing really dramatic growth. So when I look at a, at, a, at, a, at a company or a client to answer your question, I look and see if there's a way using paid advertising that we can increase traffic to their, to their website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, agree. It's better to learn other channels and think how you can set up. But, you know, I found uh, one interesting thing. For example, you know, uh, once I decided to use totally the same data from my website to YouTube channel and I failed because uh, audience is different. You know, on uh, YouTube, people uh, love learning educational content on website. They're looking for uh, ordering um, services on LinkedIn. uh, Even uh, people are different. Can you tell how to consider that other marketing channels probably have different audience, different mindset. Uh, we can't use totally the same data. And how to adapt this data to uh, direct response marketing? Yeah, that's a that's a good, really good question because I'm going through that with a, a client right now. Um, I'm working with another client called Theradome, and it's a uh, laser hair growth helmet like this. And yeah. um, they were just doing uh, traditional... Uh, retailing through brick and mortar and we helped them start direct the consumer so we started out again not to be repetitious but we started they weren't they were spending zero we started a facebook campaign and that's successful and then we basically went to tv and then we um started saying well how can we be successful on youtube and we and to be honest with you to what you just said we still haven't figured that out correctly. And so, but we're also trying to expand to uh, TikTok. And one of the things are, is, is a little bit of experimentation. You know, that's one thing that we, we learned through direct response marketing is you have to test a lot of the creatives and a lot of the ads and see which ones perform. And then in my experience is once you do the testing and you're figuring out a creative that works, 
on a specific, specific platform, usually you can spend a lot ramping that up. In other words, you don't have to be constantly changing the creative. The hard part is finding which creative works. And that's just a matter of, of testing and also using the learnings. Like if you're doing successful Facebook and Instagram, and then we, we learn from that and then we say, okay, what can we learn from that to use for TV? And then after that, we say, okay, how can we make this work on YouTube and, and TikTok? And it just takes um, uh, testing different creatives until you find the one that people respond to. Um, and that's the that's kind of the best way that we use the data from from the from the people's response or lack of response that that we're getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes I don't use data; I use intuition. You know, because uh, data can provide, to, like I don't know, the average information. But if you have intuition, <laughs> you can test different formats, you know, to analyze. And uh, some of my posts. Uh, got like 300,000 views on LinkedIn because of testing many different things. Uh, I, I, I don't recommend to use generic uh, best practices. It's better to find something new to test mm -hmm. them, as you mentioned. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, on your LinkedIn profile, I see that uh, companies should focus on using compelling videos to build brands and create more sales. Can you tell more about compelling videos? How to film these videos? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's so many statistics about why you should be using video and and people engage, you know, and really um, the short answer is people, there's so much information, people don't take the time to read anymore. Um, and the majority of people like to just look at something at the, and get their information through video. And there's tons and tons of statistics to support that. So that, that brings up why you should be using video as a big part of your marketing. And, and for me, you know, my favorite type of videos to use, which from a marketing perspective are, um, you know, like, uh, you know, an old word for it is testimonial, um, but it's user generated content, um, that type of thing. And that's, those things are really effective for, for marketing. Um, uh, the video just has an, an impact, you know, um, we're, this is a video podcast we're doing and people see it and, and they just respond better to video. So when I go into a client, I look and see, and it, you'd be surprised. Um, I have another client I'm working with right now. Um, they make teak cutting boards and they're based in Mexico city they're called teak house. And they don't aren't currently aren't using any video at all. So I started talking to them and saying, okay, the first thing I like to do with a with a a, cust, a, a client like that or a direct to consumer client uh, product uh, customer is let's go to their database and reach out to existing customers and see if we can interview some of those customers on a platform like this. Um, you know, there's lots of online platforms that let you do a video interview and um, Basically, I try to talk to about 20 different customers. And so a couple of great things happen. One, I'm recording it. So I have great video that I can use then in the marketing. You can use on the website, um, YouTube, different, whatever, plat TikTok, whatever platforms. But also I'm learning a lot because the, the people, the customers are telling me um, what they liked about the product, why they bought it. 
um, maybe what they don't like so we can improve it. And it's a really, really good educational tool to help in your marketing, getting this feedback from existing clients. And then, then you, you, as you're doing that, um, you also can use the video in your marketing channels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it. Okay, Eric, I have the question about uh, how to hook attention in the beginning. Because, you know, today, uh, most uh, users bounce fast. Uh, uh, according to YouTube, 80% uh, of people can bounce for uh, 20 seconds. Now, uh, it's the same with uh, reading books. It's the same with articles. Uh, people... Uh, uh, you need to catch their attention. You need to hook them. It's not about uh, the modern digital era. For example, uh, Joe Sugarman wrote on his book 40 years ago. He is one of the best marketers uh, ever. And he shared that you need to catch their attention. You need to give a solid reason to read the whole book. Today, it's like to consume the whole content. Can you tell how to film such videos that can take attention from the beginning and retain uh, until then? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's, and it's um, something that's so important to do because people's attention span, you know, are very limited. If you don't catch their attention right away, they're off on yeah. something else. And so, you know, there's a lot of techniques I've used over the years, um, uh, both uh, online, on TV, you know, currently doing it. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, one way there's 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 several different ways um and this you know definitely isn't all of the answers but one of the simplest way is to ask a question um you know uh do you need to lose 10 pounds uh would you like to be more fit um uh, uh what how how would you like to prepare this delicious meal in 10 minutes or just a question that that you're, you're, depending on what the product is and what the attention, you know, what the, the category or the viewer is, you're trying to capture their attention, something that's going to be appealing to them. And then that, that question, then the video is going to provide the answer coming up. So usually I found that that's a really good way um, of catching people's attention. Another way is to use a real interesting fact to start the video off with a real interesting fact. Um, you know, I'll use a real example when we were selling the juice machines, um, uh, you know, we, there was a, uh, a, a news story that came out on CNN that said that they found an element in broccoli that was shown to prevent breast cancer. So we basically put that factoid up at the beginning of the video. And then if anybody that's interested in learning more about that is going to listen to, um, to it. So it's, it's kind of basically, um, you know, it goes back to, there was a famous, um, uh, uh, trying to think David Ogilvy, who, who, who yeah. like father of modern advertising, he said that, um, uh, and this is, he was talking about print media, but he said that, um, the most important part of your ad is the headline. So you have to think about that yeah. when it comes to video is, what's what's the headline or what's the thing that's going to capture the people's attention and sometimes you can do it after the fact you can you can record a video and saying okay now looking at that video what's the most interesting fact in there and move that information up to the beginning a lot of times when i used to make infomercials 
I didn't know what the what the all the content would be. And I wouldn't build the beginning of the infomercial until after I had all the content and I would take the most inf interesting testimonials, sound bites, whatever, and put them right in the beginning of the video. So part of it is um, looking at what the material that you have to work with and putting the most interesting information at the very beginning. And that's, that's the thing that's going to help catch their attention. Nice, nice. Yeah, you remind me. Uh, you know, uh, once uh, I had a client who told me, if you provide results for a month, uh, I can share a big contract. But in SEO, it's it's literally impossible for a month yes. to do anything. But, you know, uh, luckily, he uh, had website about weight loss supplements and uh, he had traffic like uh, 100K a month. Mm -hmm. So what we did, we opened uh, all pages that uh, generate traffic and found that all headlines were written for the sake of having them. You know, <laughs> nothing special. Uh, content is great, but headlines are terrible, just generic. So yeah. what we did. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for reminding about uh, Ogilvy uh, because, you know, he uh, told if you invest a dollar to content, 80% uh, of them need to to go to a headline yes, <laughs> so uh, absolutely that's, um, that's the favorite famous david ogilvy quote yeah yeah and what we did uh we uh rewrote all these uh titles uh and descriptions on these pages and traffic increased in two times for a month <laughs> it's not because of the secret it's not because we know magician that was uh just sharing the right headlines that people want to click uh, because it's not about the ranking position it's more important if your headline gives a strong reason to open content to read it because even if you have the best content in the world uh, nobody knows if they don't click <laughs> to, yeah, to the headline i'll say something real quick yeah yeah, go ahead. Well, um, you know, one of the things that's important for anybody, this is the guy we were talking about, David Ogilvy. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things I like to bring out is, you know, everyone's always looking for, um, you know, tips and hacks and what's working right now and how. But I, if you're really into marketing, you really need to kind of go and study what's been successful in the past because human nature really doesn't change. And if you know what yeah. kind of things that worked in the past, they'll work in today's market because it, the only thing that's different, the different platforms like YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, those are delivery platforms, but the people consuming the messaging are still people. So people have been doing successful marketing for years and years and years. So I always tell people, if you want to be really good at marketing, go back and study the people that have that were successful in the past, and then you can apply a lot of those basic principles. So another one of my really favorite books is um, a guy named Dan Kennedy, um, who okay. wrote the No BS Guide to Direct Marketing. And that's basically the very first book I ever read on direct marketing. And if you start to learn the principles and techniques, they become very, the things you learn become very applicable in, in today's market and today's technology and platforms and things like that. And your example is a perfect one of using the headline and testing different headlines to find the one that's gonna produce the best results.
Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, okay, let's talk about, uh, you know, once I had a conversation uh, with Jim Edwards. He worked in company uh, Business Insider for 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Uh, then uh, the company was sold for $500 million, 1,000 employees, big company. Right now, uh, he uh, writes books, uh, provides consultancy, and he told me, uh, their main secret was to create non-boring content in boring niche. So, uh, and I found a lot of educational content are boring. You know, my, many business books are boring. For example, if I uh, take any book from Jack London, he wrote these books a hundred years ago, you know, I can forget about sleep, water, meal, anything. No, because I own this book. My mind uh, is on this adventure. I can feel that I'm part of this book. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, many business books, when you take them, they're good for sleep. You know, uh, so you can read them and sleep well all night. You don't need any pills. So just take uh, uh, one of the boring books. Tell how to create non-boring content uh, from your experience. How to engage audience. If, of, of course, it's important to educate. And uh, I don't like, you know, when people are not funny, uh, are trying to be funny. That's okay, you know, uh, uh, another book that I, I wrote, uh, I read about a girl. And uh, uh, she didn't have any friends. Uh, mm -hmm. She uh, she was uh, so uh, introvert, you know. But once she decided to uh, post content about herself and a million people followed her because million people are the same so uh she she was not trying to be funny but she uh, decided to be yourself to tell her story and a million people are the same so mm -hmm. uh, she surrounded uh, herself with a million people uh and uh, what do you think how to create non-boring content how to, because you know if content is boring people leave forget and never get back any insights about that? So two, um, from listening to your question, I think there's two separate um, uh, answers I'm going to give. Um, yeah, okay. First, um, talking about that example you gave of, of the woman and creating the content. And, um, you know, what, what it says to me is, and what I find is, um, and you hear this word a lot, is authenticity. It's it's like you're you're just being, you're not trying to, um, do something that you aren't. You're just sharing who you are really as a person or the, the information you're sharing with people is authentic. And I know that's kind of an, a word you hear all the time, but it, but it, but it's true. And, and as long as you're doing that, uh, people will say, Hey, that, that, that resonates with me. That makes sense. And people can tell, um, I think that people have a kind of a built-in BS detector and they can tell if something isn't authentic or not. And I've, I've discovered that the hard way in, in marketing, doing testimonials and using actors for testimonials versus real people. And I never, never do that anymore. I always use, you know, real people. Um, but the other one uh, uh, you mentioned before about educating the consumer, um, that's been a huge um, uh item that I've used in all the product projects that um, I've ever had success in is um, educating the consumer. If you educate the consumer, you really don't have to sell the consumer. You're basically 
um, making them aware of a product or services, the benefits of your product or service um, through education. And so what, what's the education? It's, you know, it's blogging, it's videos, and, you know, any way you can communicate with your newsletters, any way you can communicate with your customer. And you're, you're not necessarily talking about yourself. You should be talking about things in terms of um, who your clients or customers are and what would be interesting to them. So, you know, I can give you hundreds of examples. Um, uh, you know, I'll use the juice, the, the juice man juice machine, um, uh, for example. We basically, um, we were up against two big German companies, Bronze and Krupps, and they talked about, um, they were German companies and they were proud of their engineering and they talked about the size of the motor and and the, how sharp their blade was and dishwasher safe plastic um we took it and we said here's the benefits of drinking carrot juice or whatever kind of juice you can lower your cholesterol you can have more energy you can live longer and we we provided lots and lots of content um showing the health benefits of the juice and we didn't try to sell the machine. We just educated people about the health benefits of drinking fresh juice. And then they gravitated towards, towards the juicer. We did that same thing with the George Foreman grill. Um, you know, people love grilled food, um, but they didn't like necessarily all the fat and things like that. So we showed how the grill could remove fat from the food and you could enjoy your favorite foods with less fat and grease. And again, everything, almost every type of success. Another example is a Sonicare toothbrush. Um, when that came out, it was a $150 toothbrush. And um, the most expensive toothbrush on the market was like, you know, most toothbrushes were a dollar or two, and there might have been one that cost $20, but nothing cost $150. So why would someone buy a $150 toothbrush? We had to educate the consumer. So basically, we had to teach them about gum disease and gum disease was caused by bacteria in the nooks and crannies of your teeth and Sonicare with its sonic technology could clean beyond the bristles and reach into those nooks and crannies where the bacteria hid and kill them and reverse gum disease. So we, anybody then that, you know, think about all the people that go to the dentist, get a dental checkup and a dentist says, oh, you're starting to have some gum disease. So you're talking to that particular audience. So I've always found that um, uh, educating the consumer is a great way of marketing. And that's what your content should be focused on, on your product and service and, and thinking of it in terms of what's the benefit to the end consumer and really focus your content on that. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Love it, love it. Uh, I opened your LinkedIn profile and I like the word persuasion. Can you tell more about video persuasion? How to persuade the audience, customers to buy? For example, you know, uh, some content creators can get a lot of traffic, but uh, low conversion because uh, they can't persuade them, you know, to buy products. Any insights about that? Yeah. So um, again, I always refer to a lot of books that I've read that have been successful, but you you might have seen this one. Oh, um, yeah, I read this book. Awesome. It's basically, it's called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. And there's six um, basically, basically rules of persuasion in here. So what I did is I took 
um, those six rules of persuasion and said, here's how you can implement those and using your video, you know, video. And basically, again, that goes back to the whole thing of, of, of understanding human psychology and, and the way people think and, and what makes people respond. And if you can, you know, and just a simple example we talked on before is the one of the persuasion principles is social proof. And we talked about testimonials, um, user generated content, that type of thing. And that's such a powerful um, uh, tool to use. And it and it's basically in this book, if you're if your viewers haven't read it, um, this guy's a, a professor at the at the University of Arizona, Arizona State University. And he did studies that show that um, these different persuasion principles, how people would respond to them. So what I do when I'm working on a video is I don't try to include all six persuasion principles, but as many as possible um, that you can that you can do. And, you know, the the concept of um, uh, let me see, there's a, a couple good ones. They just are looking in here. So I remember them off the top of my head. Nice. Have you read this book? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that's a that's I a love really this book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, so I, I so, think it's a must have for anyone. <laughs> yeah. So um authority let's use the one of the persuasion principles is authority. So mm -hmm. in our advertising, we talked about using testimonials, but um, basically when they talk about authority is if you see a commercial or a video and I try to do this with the, with certain products and let's say it's a supplement. So you would want to hear from like a naturopathic doctor or a, or a, or a medical doctor or something telling us why turmeric is good to relieve pain. And if you were selling a turmeric supplement. And so that's the concept of authority is including uh, somebody like that, that has credentials that people look up to and they respond to that. So little simple things like that, that as many of these principles that you can include in your advertising really, really help from a persuasion standpoint. And again, these are, these aren't like new things. These are time tested principles that have worked. They worked 20 years ago. They worked 10 years ago and they'll work 10 years from now. So the more you understand about those type of things, the better your advertising can be. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Um, let's talk about common mistakes. Can you list mistakes that companies still do in uh, using uh, direct response and how to find a much better way? Yeah, you know, um, that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, for me, I look at everything through a lens of um, direct response. So normally when I look at a company and look at their marketing and look at their website, um, you know, first I'll look at a website and it's like, is there video on the website? Um, a lot of times you go to a website and there's no video. And I think the most powerful thing you can have right at the beginning of the website is like a, you know, one to two minute video that basically tells them everything they need to know in a short condensed way, um, what it is that your business does and why you should buy the product. And, and it, and it's, again, that video becomes a hook 
to pull people in to read the rest of the website. And I think that that's a common mistake that people aren't using either one, they're not using any video on their website or they're not using enough. Um, the second thing when I when I look at a website is, um, you know, is there that social proof? Do they have testimonials? So a lot of times now, you know, you'll look and you'll see um, lots of five star reviews, you know, lots of Amazon reviews. And but these are these are print testimonials, which are OK. But as long as you have those print testimonials, you can make it more powerful by making them uh, video testimonials. Again, video is is one of the more powerful mediums for communication. So the more you use it in your marketing, the better off you can be. Um, so really, those are just a couple of the um, uh, you know mistakes when I look at a, a, a product marketer or website or whatever. Are they using enough video? Do they have enough social proof or testimonials um, on there? Is there you know we just talked about third party credibility. Um, you know, has it been endorsed? You know, or there been newspaper articles about it or or magazine articles about it? That's the third you know the third party credibility. All all of those things need to be in there. Um, and then, um, you know, if you take it from an advertising standpoint, I, I think the very first thing I look for, again, without being repetitious, is I can look at an ad and, you know, there's a big difference between a brand ad, which most small businesses won't benefit from, as opposed to a direct response ad. Now, a lot of times the content's the same. They just don't have a call to action. So usually if um, it's a small business trying to generate revenue or generate traffic, uh, you, I make sure that their advertising has some type of call to action in it. So those are kind of basic mistakes I see a lot of people making. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, great list. Uh, by the way, I think mistakes, uh, that, that's good to have mistakes. Uh, for me, it's hard. Absolutely, that's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Shaquille O'Neal uh, shares about his mistakes and he told when uh, he started something new. He always makes mistakes, but it's uh, the part of the learning journey. So you made mistakes. You can learn how to go ahead because you can't uh, learn anything without uh, doing mistakes. So yeah, it, uh, yeah. I have the, a friend who uh, used to tell me that um, life is a series of non-fatal mistakes. So yeah. you kind of keep making mistakes and moving forward and learning from your mistakes. I mean, that's the ex experience or the school of hard knocks. And, and hopefully though, one way to kind of um, bypass that a little bit is really learning from other people's experience. And that's where the reading of the books comes in and go listening to podcasts and, and learning from people that have done it before. And then even if you do that, when you're trying to do something in a new category or something you haven't done before, mistakes are inevitable. You're going to make mistakes. But again, like you said, that's the way you learn from it and, and move forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Rick, I have the question about, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. You didn't do anything in uh, direct response. So what will you do today to learn more about that? Well, that's a good question. So what you were asking me is I started off with, with nothing and no knowledge. I, I mean, even yeah. to tell people like I'm like my whole um, background and everything I do is in marketing, but to tell everybody 
in college, I was a uh, bio, I got a biology degree. It had nothing to do with marketing. So it's come a long way. And so everything I've learned is really kind of learning two ways. Um, one, and again, a little repetitious, learning from other people's experience, reading lots of books, um, going to seminars, going to webinars, um, uh, learning, but then also, and this is a big thing, and I think it separates a lot of entrepreneurs from people that aren't is, you know, the old Nike saying, just do it, you know, just, I think um, people are so afraid of making a mistake or being a failure or having a failure that they don't try something. And that's the only way you're going to learn one if it works and two, if it's something that you can do. And if you never try something, um, you know, you'll never learn. So learn, do as much preparation as possible. Um, reading, um, understand, understanding, learning from other people's experience. And the second part of that is um, whatever it is you're wanting to do, go out and try it and don't be afraid to make a mistake or even have a failure. Um, uh, because that's the way you're going to learn. And, you know, sometimes you get really lucky and, and you get successful on your first, your, you know, your first chance that doesn't happen all the time, but, but it definitely, uh, happens to some people. And then, and then as you start having success, really, um, it just builds on itself. Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, that's a lot different than what your question was, what I would do today versus what I did then. Um, you yeah. know, one thing was when I was younger, I wasn't really thinking in these terms. Now I'm looking back and saying, okay, I realized what I did, but I almost kind of did it instinctually. You know, I just, it, it happened to me, but I think um, from what I know now, it would definitely shorten the success curve. <clears throat> it took a lot longer for me to be successful back then because I had to, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to make a lot of mistakes and, and learn from them before being successful. Um, you know, I first started doing um, television advertising around 1984, and I didn't have a really successful business doing it until 1989. So there was like five years of learning in there um, before yeah. I had a really big, big success that that um, I could benefit from. Nice. Yeah, I agree. It's like patience, you know, because without patience, it's impossible to achieve anything. I remember Gary Vee shares uh, about uh, patience uh, he told even if you do anything wrong for five years that means you have a lot of chance to succeed <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you have you you need to have patience i remember for example mr beast he filmed videos and year and half to get only thousand subscribers right now he has like 120 million subscribers everyone knows him wow. but he he couldn't achieve results for a long time. PewDiePie filmed videos, like he, he filmed 100 videos to get 285 subscribers. Right now, PewDiePie has uh, 100 million subscribers, a lot. Yeah. And uh, these this guys didn't give up. They just do what they love. Yeah, go right. ahead. Well, that's one of my favorite um, quotes, and it has to do with success and talks to what you were just saying. But um, I think the quote came from Winston Churchill during the Battle of Britain, and he said, never, never, never give up. And that's really good advice for an entrepreneur trying to start a business is if you don't give up, 
you'll never end up being a failure because eventually you'll be successful. And a lot of people, you know, they see people like you're talking about with a millions of viewers and it, they think that it was an overnight success and it isn't, it takes a lot of really consistent, hard work. Um, and, and day after day after day, and then all of a sudden you'll wake up one day and it's like, wow, there's the viewer. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, but so the consistency and the hard work is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. Rick, I have the final question. Okay. Uh, can you predict the future in uh, direct response? What kind of future will be? Because many things are coming metaverse, augmented reality, I don't know, we will see. But what kind of future will be and how to adapt today to this future? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, when you start reading about, you know, artificial intelligence and the chat uh, type of thing that's coming out mm -hmm. that, that basically can do copywriting for you. I think if, um, uh, you know, it's always important to understand new technologies or work with someone who understands the technology. It's so hard to be like a master of everything. And so if you can't understand the technology, at least find somebody that does that you can work with. But I, you know, I, I think that um, direct to consumer business um, is going to keep increasing, you know, online uh, e-commerce, whatever. I mean, it's already going grand gangbusters, but it's always it's just going to keep increasing. So the more successful ones in direct response marketing. So to me, the more you understand those principles, the more success you'll have, uh, regardless of, of the technology and how the technology evolves. And, you know, I was reading something about the, you know, the new artificial intelligence and they were saying it'll probably put 80% of the copywriters out of business, which are bad or mediocre copywriters, but the 10 to 20% that are really good, they'll know how to utilize the technology to their advantage. So become really, really good at, at, at what you do and embrace technology to help make it better um, would be um, I don't know if it's a prediction of the future, but just a kind of a, <laughs> a, a, a way of surviving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard to predict the future. We'll see. But yeah, yeah uh, uh, I agree. You need to be consistent. You need to have patience and you need to love what you do. That's it. You know? So if you have passion, uh, consistency, hard work, hard yeah, work. you'll yeah. achieve. And, yeah, and you'll achieve results. I mean, and if you think about those four things um, we just talked about, that they would be relevant 20 years ago, they're relevant today, and they'll be relevant yeah. 20 years from now. Um, you know, yeah. basic foundational elements to success. Yeah. Uh, modern students scared that AI will replace humans. AI will replace some occupations. But we got the same many times. Some occupations disappear. That, that's okay. That's part of the evolution. Of course, AI will replace some occupations. Even today, I'm using AI tools because uh, uh, these tools can help to save my time. But uh, AI can't replace all occupations. You still have a room to improvement. And uh, 
the best way to adapt to new technologies as you mentioned yeah, yeah. you need to adapt to learn from them and think how you can improve your products uh yeah by using this technology yeah, no, and, and also then um learning enough about it to figure out right now there's this technology out there but not a lot of people are how how do you use that technology then to generate revenue and that that's what you need to be thinking of in terms of you know can i use that ai uh for to help me create better more interesting content you know for my mm-hmm. for my people it can become a tool to help you do what you're currently doing but like you said doing it faster and saving time and that that's the really the biggest benefit of 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 technology is how it can save you time and and energy and possibly even create a better result yeah by the way ai doesn't have a golden button when you click you get a <laughs> complete product. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. We're, we um, are using um, some AI chat for this this product. We run a um, uh, mm-hmm. TV infomercial, and it's an expensive product. It, it you know the cheap one is five hundred dollars, and the expensive one is a thousand dollars. And so people have a lot of questions, and we're using um, the a chat AI system that when people call it, you know, come in and they have, they're not ready to buy, but they have questions. Um, we're using it in a customer service fashion and it's really helping convert. I think last month um, it helped convert over 80 sales, um, nice. which is really, really amazing. And so that's one where they're do, it's doing a good job. It's replacing a customer service person with technology um, but it's making the business more efficient. Um, and as they're growing, they have to hire people in other areas. So um, yeah. it's definitely uh, a good tool in the right areas. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Rick, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how to follow you. Okay, that that. thank you for the opportunity to do that. Um, you can visit my website. It's it's my name. It's Rick at rickcesari.com. It's R-I-C-K-C-E-S-A-R-I, rickcesari.com. Or you can email me, rick at rickcesari.com. And if you go on Amazon, there's one of the books we talked about today, Video Persuasion. Uh-huh. Uh, another one is called Building Billion Dollar Brands. And I got another one about Amazon, how to make money on Amazon. So those are just a few of the books. And, um, you know, from all the books I held up during our conversation today, I'm a big advocate of either reading or learning through through other people. Um, and there's a, if you're interested in getting and using more video in your marketing, the video persuasion book is great. And uh, you can get them on Amazon. Nice, nice. Uh, guys, you can find all these links uh, to the books in the description below. You can find a website in the description, LinkedIn profile. So follow Rick. You can see a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.